0: Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we are rolling into a most special episode of The Candace Owens Show. I am sitting across from the Honorable Vice President Mike Pence. Welcome to The Candace <laughs> Owens Show. Well,
1: it's great to be with you, Candace. You know, I'm a fan. And uh, welcome to uh, the Vice President's office. Your
0: humble abode. Indeed. It it really is an honor to be here with you. You and I had run into each other, and we had had such a great and interesting conversation about Black America that I just wanted to bring it to a wider audience. Uh, I find today that sometimes the conversations and the rhetoric can be so polarizing, and people just aren't hearing an honest discussion about what this administration is doing for Black America. And I just wanted to give you the opportunity to talk about it.
1: Well, uh, I, I really appreciate that, and, you know, everybody remembers during the campaign when uh, the president as a candidate uh, said, what do you have to lose to African Americans all across this country? Literally after decades where, frankly, uh, our African American families oftentimes uh, in our major cities face uh, toughest economic conditions, face the most failing schools, um, and, and and real challenges with with crime and drugs. The president said, Give us a chance to change all of that. And on election night, uh, President Trump said he, we were committed to be, uh, to be an administration for every American, to see every American succeed. And I, I have to tell you, um, as we see this economy rebound following the president's tax cuts and, and the rollback of red tape at historic levels, unleashing American energy, it's not just, it's not just more than six million jobs that the president and I celebrate. It's not just uh, unemployment at a 50-year low, but to see the lowest unemployment ever recorded for African-Americans in this country is a source of great pride to the president and great pride to me. I mean, we're opening up doors of opportunity for every American. But to see African-Americans uh, finding those job opportunities and, and, and being able to live their dreams uh, at, at a rate that, that we haven't seen before is incredibly exciting. And we've added to that in this administration uh, uh, a vision that that uh, Secretary Ben Carson has implemented, that Senator Tim Scott carried through the United States Congress and President Trump signed called Opportunity Zones. I mean, literally, as I'm sitting before you today in cities all across this country, uh, communities large and small, we've identified thousands of areas that are now denominated as opportunity zones. And there's billions of dollars in private investment that now has an incentive to create jobs and opportunities, oftentimes in our major cities, oftentimes in exactly the areas where where minority communities and African-Americans haven't had those opportunities. And so I, I would tell you, while the president and I are, we're proud of the way this economy is booming, I'm proud of the way the stock market is soaring, jobs are expanding for every American. Uh, I, I know for, uh, for this president, seeing the lowest unemployment level ever recorded for African Americans and also Hispanic Americans, seeing wages rising for working Americans and seeing opportunities really expanding communities across this country. Um, it, it's, uh, it's a source of, uh, of great satisfaction to us But it's also a part of the story that we're going to tell all across this country in all 50 states in the coming election year.
0: I love that you keep using the word opportunity and that you're talking about opportunity zones Mm -hmm. because as a black American and someone who came from absolutely nothing, you can see so much people want to offer handouts. And I I don't necessarily believe that handouts help, uh, but hand up saying, you know what, here's an opportunity for you that you can step inside of and build yourself up. I think that is a differentiator and I'm so grateful to this administration um, for for waking me up and making me realize that I could be the author of my own destiny if I took some of these opportunities opportunities um, for myself, and I embrace them. So that's, that's really wonderful, and I want to also talk about something else that I really admire about and that, you. And
1: that's really what every American wants. I truly believe it. Not just African-Americans, Hispanic, but every, every American just wants that opportunity to go out and live the American dream. And in President Trump, you have a leader that gets that because his family, my family, your, just like your family, we all live the American dream. His grandfather immigrated to this country. My grandfather immigrated to this country. His father built a business. My dad ran a small gas station business in a small town. I mean, both of us have seen our families literally live the American dream. And I have to tell you, to know President Trump uh, and, and to know him as well as I've gotten to know him, he's somebody that he wants to see everybody succeed. He wants to see America prosper. uh, But the progress we've made in the African-American community, I just think it goes back to that, what do you have to lose promise? And and the truth is that that whether it be opportunity zones, whether it be the lowest unemployment ever recorded, or whether it be the president's commitment to allow allow parents to choose where their children go to school, the school that is best for them, public or private, we're going to continue to expand those opportunities to African-Americans and every American And uh, we know it's a pathway to a stronger and more prosperous country.
0: You know, I think I actually know the answer to that question when he asked Black America, what do you have to lose? The answer was absolutely nothing. We had already been losing. And I I finally feel like we're turning the bend on that. Uh, And you, you have to credit this administration for that. And you brought up a very important word, which I want to get into, family. Mm. Um, And and I spoke to you about this offline. I said, you know, I feel like the the breakdown of family is so central Mm. to a lot of the things that we're seeing happening in society. And you have really asserted yourself as a family man Mm. and as as a man of faith, as a man of God. I want you to just really talk about that because I do see that as a necessary pillar of this society.
1: Mm. Well, I'm very humbled by that, Candace, and I thank you uh, for the kind words. You know, people used to ask me years ago when I had a radio program um, what my philosophy was. And I just told people I'm I'm a Christian, a conservative and a Republican in that order. I mean, for me and for my family, the faith, faith is the most important thing in our life. I became a Christian when I was a college student. I've tried, I've tried to live out my faith uh, with integrity and uh, all my imperfections ever since. But my faith does inform me to put put my family first, and Karen and I have sought to do that, uh, uh, not just in our marriage, but also in making a priority of our children. And uh, I, I really do believe that that as we see this economy grow, as we see this economy expand, creating more opportunities for families to prosper is a pathway for real prosperity uh, in this country. So we'll, um, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll continue to We'll continue to hold that forward and make it, make it more possible for more families uh, to prosper. And, but for us, it all happens on a foundation of faith.
0: Absolutely. And once you have that faith and once you have a strong family unit, you will see kids that are raised to be strong members of society, strong con- contributing members of society. And now I have to ask you a fun question because every time I've seen you hit the stage, and I've seen that many times, you always bring up Karen. So I need I to know how you and your wife met.
1: Well, we... Um um, I, I, was, uh, I was a law student. She was teaching elementary school. And I, I was at church one Sunday, a church I was visiting in Indianapolis. And I saw this beautiful brunette playing the guitar up front. And I followed her out the back of the church, told her I wanted to play in the guitar group, <laughs> which I would have been prepared to back up because I play the piano and guitar a um, little bit. Um, But uh, we started to talk and um, we went out and I I have to tell you from our very first date, uh, I I knew in my heart um, how special she was. And uh, we dated for nine months. We were married nine months later. And it's been, uh, been 31 years. Other than my decision to put my faith in Christ, my decision to ask Karen Whitaker to marry me is the best decision I ever made in my life.
0: Oh, that, is, that is genuinely so sweet. I'd love to hear that. And I love to, that we're able to portray this side of you because I feel you guys are constantly under fire and, and constantly being scrutinized by the media, and it doesn't help anybody. Um, and how do you guys deal with that? How do you and Karen deal with that, constantly being under fire?
1: Well, my wife has a great way of putting it. When, um, um, when we were elected governor, I remember she, uh, she made a promise to our three kids who are the greatest source of pride in our life. Uh, Our son, Michael, our daughter-in-law, our two girls are all incredibly wonderful and accomplished people. But, um, you know, Karen said, look, your dad and I are not going to let what goes on out there affect what happens in here. And we've already we've always made space for our family. And um, we're a real ordinary American family when you get right down to it. (laughs) We uh, we have a lot of fun with each other. We cheer each other on. And uh, uh, I, I come from a big family uh, as well. And, and uh, the time that we have, it's one of the things that President Trump and I had in common very early on. To know him is to know someone who's, he's all about his family uh, and uh, spends time with them in whatever free time he has. And it's true for us as well. And, but I think, I think keeping those relationships strong um, uh, has been a real source of, uh, of strength for us. Um, but also I think, you know, Karen and I have always just focused on the work. You know, the, the Bible says, be strong and courageous and do the work. And we've always just, whatever role it was, when I was in Congress and she was teaching school when uh, I was governor and she was first lady of Indiana and now as vice president and her role as second lady, we, uh, um, we, we, we don't let the distractions around us take our focus away from uh, our calling, which is really to do everything we can uh, in in this role uh, to make a difference, to support this president, support his agenda, um, and uh, be out there champion the things that are, I really believe, Candace, in, in just two and a half short years, that our country is safer today, our country is more prosperous today in undeniable ways. Uh, the foundation in our courts is stronger. More than 140 conservative men and women have been confirmed to our federal courts, including two Supreme Court justices. Uh, and for us to have played any small role in all of that uh, progress for our country, is, uh, um, it, it's a great, great privilege for us, and that's where we focus.
0: Well, you are a role model to myself and so many others. And I just I want to ask you one more question, particularly about America. Uh, what do you see as the biggest threat facing America today?
1: Well, clearly, the, the first obligation uh, of the Constitution is to provide for the common defense. And uh, we have enemies in this world. You know, Candace, we just passed through the 18th anniversary of September 11th. and. Uh, Uh, The radical Islamic terrorists who struck this country 18 years ago are still afoot in the world. We've taken the fight to the enemy. Uh, Our armed forces fought valiantly in Afghanistan, in Iraq and Syria. The destruction of the territory of the ISIS caliphate earlier this year is an incredible accomplishment uh, for our armed forces, our commander-in-chief and our allies so we we never want to gainsay the threat uh, that terrorism faces for our country. It's no accident that our our nation has not been hit with a major terrorist attack for the last 18 years. Uh, it's been because of the sacrifices of our armed forces. Um, it's been because of uh, strong law enforcement and intelligence efforts. but we have to remain ever vigilant. There are other challenges in the world as well. we see the the regime in Iran, we see other threatening regimes around the world. And that's why it's been so important in this administration uh, that, uh, that this president uh, has made a priority to rebuild our military. I mean, there were years of budget cutbacks. I mean, literally, when we were sworn in in January of 2017, Candace, uh, we, we literally had a large portion OF OUR AIR FORCE THAT WAS GROUNDED TO BE USED AS SPARE PARTS TO KEEP OTHER AIRCRAFT IN THE AIR. AND PRESIDENT TRUMP SAID, RIGHT OUT OF THE BOX, THAT'S CHANGING. AND HE SUPPORTED THE LARGEST INCREASES IN OUR NATIONAL DEFENSE uh, SINCE THE DAYS OF RONALD REAGAN. WE'VE rebuilt OUR MILITARY. Uh, AND THE WORLD KNOWS IT. Uh, THE RECORD INVESTMENTS IN OUR NATIONAL DEFENSE ARE ALREADY MAKING A DIFFERENCE. Uh, and. Uh, and we're not only supporting all of our troops and their families at unprecedented levels, but um, we're also making it clear to the world that we're going to defend this country. So that's, that's really the first threat we always have to think about. And in, in President Donald Trump, the American people should know they have a commander in chief that is always seeing to the defense of this country. But there are, there are challenges within in America as well. And I, I've often said and we have to win the next generation. Uh, that's why I'm such a Candace Owens fan. Uh, it's really true that when you see the the rise of support among young people uh, for socialism, which is a, a philosophy that has robbed the liberties of generations and in impoverished nations over the last century, I think it's incumbent on us uh, to to go out and tell freedom's story, to make sure that the rising generation of Americans know that. The idea of socialism, whatever guise it comes under, whether we call it Medicare for All or the Green New Deal, is the truth is that socialism is antithetical to freedom. And that, that, that to understand America's prosperity, you should understand that our, the source of our nation's greatness, I always believe, comes from our, our faith, our freedom, and our vast natural resources. and and preserving that freedom, whether we're dealing with issues of meeting, meeting healthcare challenges in the country, or whether we're dealing with issues of maintaining a growing economy while we're good stewards of the environment, all of those issues, um, we can deal with, with answers that are, that are consistent with the core values of, of the American people and put freedom and liberty first. And so making sure we're explaining to the rising generation the very ideals that have made this country great. I think uh, it's extremely important in the long term. Um, my second favorite president, Ronald Reagan, said famously that uh, freedom is never more than one generation from extinction. So, so voices like yours are more important than ever in your generation. Um, people my kids' age that are out there telling freedom's story, under, explaining to people the. the The importance of the vitality of liberty uh, in this country is absolutely essential. Uh, And I'll end on a good note, though. um, People who know Karen and I know that uh, we're pro-life. We don't apologize for it. And it's been a great source of uh, of uh, of satisfaction for us to see the way young people are embracing the right to life more and more standing up for the sanctity of life. And so we, we really do believe that, that this, this generation, your rising generation, a generation that has come of age after 9-11 that responded, 5.5 million Americans volunteered to serve in our military since 9-11. Uh, thousands paying the ultimate sacrifice to defend our freedom. This is a generation we believe in. Uh, I just think it's gonna be important that we go out, and we tell freedom's story and, uh, and we stand, uh, for those principles of life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness.
0: Absolutely. That's how we'll keep
1: America strong.
0: Absolutely. And look, I, I am optimistic every single day. I think America is a stronger, a better, and a safer nation. And I want to tell you that when I rewind my life, this will be a moment that I will never forget. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for joining The Candace Owens Show. What an honor to have you, Vice President Mike Pence. Thank you, Candace. i give you a handshake It's look good. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, guys. That's a wrap. Thank you guys for watching the latest episode of The Candace Owens Show. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. As many of you guys already know, PragerU is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, which means we need your help to keep all of our content free to the public. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation today. I would really appreciate your support.